Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Another helper, the guide of heaven. We started a few weeks ago from John uh, talking about another helper. That is, uh, the the name or the declaration that Jesus um, spoke to his disciples not too long before his ascension. And he said, it's needful that I go because uh, when I go, there's going to be another helper that comes. And um, I'm so thankful that had Jesus stayed in one physical place, he's omnipresent, but we're not. So if we really wanted to be around Jesus, we would have had to go to Jerusalem or wherever had he stayed. But he said, it's needful that I go because I'm going to send another helper. And it changed everything in that his presence now comes to you and me wherever we're at in just the same tangible way as G- as being in the literal presence of Jesus when he walked this earth with his disciples. <clears throat> and that's that dimensional type thing is difficult for us to kind of wrap our arms around at time, but nevertheless, uh, heaven's true. And it is real. But I want to talk to you this morning about another guy, another helper. That is the guide of heaven, the the uh, personality and ministry of Holy Spirit in this in this regard of the source of prophetic ministry. The spirit of, of the Holy Spirit is the guide of heaven. He's the, and he's the source of prophetic ministry in the New Testament church. Now, this is not a teaching or an overview of the operation of prophetic ministry in the church. We'll do that. We'll do that in the months ahead. But rather, what I want to do today is lay a foundation for the very source of operations for prophetic ministry in the New Testament church. And it comes right out of John, where where, where Jesus uh, be, he took several chapters and he talked about get ready because there's a shift that's going to take place, and heaven's going to come, and it's, he's going to come and be in the man, and it's going to be the Holy Spirit, the manif- the Holy Spirit manifesting the, the tangible presence of God wherever my people go. In the post-resurrection ministry of Jesus, much attention was given to prepare his people, his disciples, for this powerful, dynamic, and needed gift to be operational and to be part, to be the very to be the very engine of the kingdom expansion. And so, when people try to say, well, uh, the ministry of Holy Spirit, and, and, and I'm not here to dispute anything, but it's, rather than, rather than uh, promoting it and, and lifting up what the presence of God does in the day that we live, and they almost try to diminish it. Well, I'm here to, to do everything I can to pour gasoline on that fire and fan it and say, come Holy Spirit. We need another Pentecost, similar to the book of Acts, whatever it looks like today. Uh, but just as powerful, just as life-changing, just as uh, cultural shaping and shifting. We need it today. So I want you to go over to John chapter 16. And I want to start in verse 13. Oh, something's happening. I'm not aware of it. But that's, that's quite common in my life. So, <laughs> so over in chapter 16 of John, and I'm going to pick up at verse 13. Um, well, I'm going to pick up at verse 12. It's not up there, but I'll just start reading it. And I still, this is Jesus speaking, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. He was talking to his disciples. And the inference that he was making is that you can't bear them now, but what's getting ready to happen is going to make it so you can Receive it, bear it, understand it, have it in your life. Does that make sense? 
So, verse 13, however, that's the connection between 12 and, and 13, those two thoughts. However, you can't bear it now. However, you get, get ready. You're going to be able to. And this is how. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. What, a, what an easy thing to just shoot right over the top of. The end of verse 13. He's going to, he's not going to speak of his own authority. He's going to speak whatever he hears. That is, whatever he hears in heaven, whatever he hears from the Father, whatever he hears from me, he will tell you things to come. There is a prophetic component to the presence of the Holy Spirit that you have been created to interact with. And sometimes the church gets so confused, not because we're stupid or whatever, but, or we're, we're ill-willed about it. It's just that sometimes we almost for lack of a better term, we almost look and think, well, okay, I don't know if that's going to work for me. I don't know if I can understand that. I don't know all of that, but, but I can I can get some of the other basic things. But but Jesus is saying, hey, listen, it's important. He's going to come, and he's not going to speak about just himself. He's going to glorify me is what he said, Jesus saying that. And he said he'll tell you things to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. <clears throat> oh, uh, this is a side note. I had several ask me this morning. I don't know. I guess it came up in prayer meeting yesterday a little bit. <clears throat> and I don't pretend that you know this individual or anything like that. But a friend of mine, he's become somewhat of a, a known prophet in America. His name is Kent Christmas. And um, we've been friends for decades. And they're they're wonderful people. He's unusual. His wife um, was part of the, the Hemphills or the Blackwood, you know, Southern Gospel. And not many folks know Southern Gospel out here in the West Coast. Um but Kent Christmas is a, he's become a real voice in, in the land in a prophetic way. Now his style is different than mine, and uh, thank God that God knows that not everybody uh, likes the same flavor, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, so if you go online and you listen to Kent, and you'll think, wow. Uh, but uh, he is good. Uh, his wife is named Carmel Candy Christmas, and she's a sweetheart. Their youngest son, anyway, long story, won't go through it, but uh, they were out preaching a, uh, she was out preaching a women's retreat. Uh, when she was pregnant with her youngest son, their youngest son, and um, uh, he was born months premature. But he, was, he weighed one pound. I literally held him in my hand when he was born. And I said, God, you're going to have to put an anointing on, on, on him to fight or he's not going to live. And, uh, but his name is Nicholas Christmas. And, uh, uh, and they're, just, they're just wonderful people. Uh, and we've maintained friendship through the years. But it's not like we, we Facebook or call. or you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of the old guys, we just, you know, we just, Facebook just never landed. <laughs> but uh, he called me yesterday. He's in the middle of a big building program and all this kind of stuff. So I was kind of surprised, but he called me and he began to talk to me. He said, the Lord has, has laid you on my heart, laid your church on my heart. And he began to give a prophetic word uh, for us, not just for me and Susan, but for this place. And um, I'm having him detail a little bit more and I'll bring it in detail to you later. But in essence, uh, it's this. is that get ready, you're going into another season. And it's going to be a season of... Uh, not just of abundance, but not just of abundance of finances. And he says it really has nothing to do with finances. And, uh, but he said there's going to be sound of the abundance of rain. If you, if you remember from the, from the prophet of old when the Spirit of God came to him and said, uh, there's been a drought in the land and you knew about that, but now I want you to get ready because I'm getting ready to break the drought. And in essence was this, the Spirit of God is saying to this house, and, and it expands out past just us, but the Lord's getting ready to break some spiritual droughts, some supernatural droughts. And so I just speak that into this house, speak that over my own life and over you. But the reason I brought that out is because it's operating in the realm of the prophetic. And Jesus said that that's going to be part of the, of, 
of what would happen when the, another helper would come is he releases something in the church that is absolutely supernatural and there is no way for the source of it to be derived from us. So in John 16, these three verses, 13, 14, and 15, he begins talking about this prophetic uh, anointing, if you will. Prophetic information and insight. Holy Spirit will disclose to you what is to come that you need to know for your destiny. Like I said, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of it over the next few months about how some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate, and specifically this prophetic one. But what, what Jesus was saying, he said, he's going to show you things to come. What was he talking about? This information from heaven that would be accessible to you to know, uh, to kind of maybe connect dots in your life, to remove fear from your life, to remove any doubt about, oh, um, God's, God's plan for my life is real. It's, it's there, and so that you would know your destiny your calling, your purpose, there be, you know about your protection, and much more, as well as details in the world around us as to the times, seasons, and days that we find ourselves living in. We are not called to be children living in the night. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, work while it is yet day. There is this process of illumination or revealing that comes to us, and it comes through the person of Holy Spirit. That's his job, one of his jobs. He has many, but one of his jobs is to reveal things. Now, what I've Began, what I've ascertained through five decades of being around it, I don't consider myself a prophet, uh, but one thing I, I have seen in being around a number and watching this ministry work in the church is that it's not a precise science, okay? It's more rather like the pulling back of a curtain where sometimes, you know, you get the peek around a little bit, sometimes the curtain opens and you see, but even in that analogy, you don't see everything that's going on. You don't see everything going on backstage. If you've ever been around theater or even movies. Uh, but I want you to go over to 1 Corinthians verse 13 and I want to just read a couple verses here that will help that will help connect some dots with the operation, this revealing, this prophetic insight. Because um, uh, through this last, through this last couple of years, through COVID, there has been a shift in the prophetic ministry in America, and I think it's very positive. However, many have looked at it and and tried to put a, very, a negative slant to it. But I've taken it that it's been a very positive thing because it's like there are a number of of. Um, Primarily uh, men, but there are many. There are a number of women as well. But some men who have some prominence, which has basically been gained via YouTube and and that kind of thing during uh, uh, during the pandemic, and they the Lord has elevated them to a national voice. And some of them speak very much about uh, political things and things of the culture and that kind of things. Others are speaking very much of revival. I probably fall into that group. That's where it seems to be the Holy Spirit is enlightening and bringing some at least desire and hopefully some insight into what the Spirit of God is doing and not just getting ready to do, but He's already actively doing within the church. If you haven't noticed. There has been quite a shift going on in our nation. Uh, whenever uh, the enemy tries to come in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard, right? Where wickedness and darkness prevail, how much more will grace prevail? There's this whole principle. It's like uh, the devil tries to move a piece on the board, and he says, man, I got him now. Yes, I crucified, I killed his son. He's in a hole, he's in a tomb, he's sealed up with a rock. There's guards over it. He's done, it's over. But how many know that it's not over till he says it's over? Kick the stone away, out he comes, there's Jesus. And if the devil would have known, he wouldn't have done it that way. He is not omniscient nor omnipresent. Only God is. But this prophetic information, it's not precise science. And so sometimes, and you know, the Old Testament and the New Testament are, are different times. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, right? Because in the Old Testament, if you messed up, man, get the stones ready. In the New Testament, there's a little more grace. How many are glad there's a little more grace? <laughs> I am. I read yesterday in John, the woman taken in adultery, and thank God there's a little more grace. Woman, where are your persecutors? Oh, they're all gone. Well, I'm not going to condemn you. Go and just don't sin anymore. And, um, but here in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 8, I'm just going to start reading here. Love never fails. The, the great shining truth of the 8th chapter of 1 Corinthians here. But listen to this. But whether there are prophecies, they'll fail. Uh, whether there are tongues, they'll cease. Whether there is knowledge, it'll vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. 
So it's not a precise science, this realm. But, uh, uh, we, you know, Paul said later in one of the epistles, he said, I just see through a glass darkly. He said, we know in part, we prophesy in part. But, that, but when that which is perfect has come, that is when this time is done, when Jesus comes again, then that which is in part will be done away with. That is, we're, there's coming a time when it will be perfect, when we'll know as we're known. Verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke to the child. Uh, I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. He's talking now about you and me as we grow in the graces of God. We start as children, but then we grow up into the full nurture and nature of Jesus and become more and more like him. Verse 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly, we see through that glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Now uh, now abides faith, hope, and love. These three, the greatest of these is love. So some will take this and they say, well, Paul was saying, well, uh, prophecy is vanishing, tongues are vanishing, and they're all going to cease, and that's why we don't have them anymore. But those that take that that uh, translation, they, they never complete it because they present themselves as not all-knowing, but deeper than maybe the Pentecostal crowd. But they forgot the part, third part where he said, and where there's knowledge, it'll vanish away too. So if you're going to take that uh, uh, translation, well, tongues are done with and, and prophecy is done with in the day that we live in, it went away with the last uh, apostle or whatever, you're also going to have to put in there, and all, guess what, knowledge left too. And you know, even if you don't speak in tongues, or even if you're not used in a, in a prophetic way, you still understand and know that knowledge has not been set aside. The knowledge of his word, the knowledge of uh, knowing more about God. And so I'm just saying, I'm not picking on anybody, but I'm just saying, uh, listen, this is still real and tangible for today. That's the whole point I'm trying to make. Holy Spirit is the source of all prophetic information to the church. Now, there's the prophecies of Scripture and... Um, uh, and, and so with that, uh, the Spirit of God will never contradict Scripture. Uh, they, they always fit together. And so that kind of becomes a safeguard. Once again, we'll talk about that when we start talking about how the gifts operate in the church. Um, he'll never contradict Scripture. Personal prophetic words. How many have ever received, somebody's given you what, I don't know how, so, you know, how many know what it means when somebody says, somebody gave me a word? You get, well, that's that prophetic thing. Uh, somebody prayed over me and, and they began to, you know, read my mail, whatever, whatever that is. Uh, whatever way that you uh, have experienced that or understand that. Uh, Personal prophetic words, almost, I won't say always, but almost always what's happening is God is confirming what God's already been dealing with you about. And it becomes a confirming thing within your life. Not always, but most times. So we go back to John 13, or John 16. Those three verses, Jesus revealed four areas where Holy Spirit would interact with us. I want to I want to go over those with us here in the next few moments that we have. Where Jesus used the title of the Spirit of Truth, all right? And he said when he, the Spirit of Truth, would come. Are you there? That's John 16. Uh, when he, the spirit of truth, would come. However, when he, the spirit, verse 13, when the spirit of truth has come. When did he come, by the way? Has he come? Is he here? Well, yes, he came on the day of Pentecost. And when he, the spirit of truth, comes, then then he said there, there are some things that are going to change. That is, what the way that it was operating then, which was at the very conclusion of the Old Testament, which had been silent, that this active ministry for 400 years, now Jesus, John the Baptist and Jesus, uh, were, were, were bringing fresh manifestation, fresh presence of God, once again operating in the, in the world, upon people's lives, miracles, all those things were happening. Uh, and Jesus said that this title he gave him, the Spirit of Truth, it's reference to the Holy Spirit. And it's more than, oh, the Spirit of God's going to come, Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to just lay out all the facts. It's, it's more than just having factual information, all right? And it's not that he comes with false information. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, is that when he, the Spirit of Truth, comes, the Spirit of Truth is more than just a supernatural Google where you go, or Wikipedia where you go and you find out definitions. That's not what he's talking about. The Spirit of Truth is where the Spirit of God, his presence will uh, interact with you, with your heart, your mind, sometimes even your body, and, and, and certainly through the Word of God and through these various gifts of the Holy Spirit, and you will know that you're encountering and hearing truth. That is, God speaking to you in a way where you say, that fits my circumstances right now. I need that. 
I need that. And that's such a powerful, powerful thing. It's, you were not meant to live like an orphan, spiritually. What's an orphan? Well, it's somebody who, for whatever reason, uh, dad left or mom and dad left. And the child is just left alone to be raised by, you know, the state or other people or grandma and, and not that those are, I'm making a point here. Uh, we have not been left orphans. That is, uh, this, this, this person that Jesus said, it's an evil that I go that another helper come is so that we would not be orphans. That is, we would have a sense of the tangible presence of the father, of the tangible presence of the son abiding with us right now in the middle of my life. Right now in the middle of our world that looks so chaotic and so forsaken and forlorn. But I'm going to tell you, God is still alive. He's real on the throne. And He's still loving and interacting with people in heart-to-heart, face-to-face encounters with God where when you're done, you realize, I don't care what it looks like out there. I know that He's with me. He's going to see me through to the end. So Jesus said that it's more than just truth. It's truth in all His fullness, what Jesus was talking about. This truth that He's going to bring is He's going to reveal in all His fullness the scope that embodies Jesus. Over in Ephesians 4, I think it's verse 21. I'm not going to go there right now, but it says this, that the truth is in Jesus. I'll leave this thought with you, and then we'll move on to these four little points. All truth, any truth, encompass every truth, not just spiritual truth or religious truth. Mathematic truth, two plus two is four. Truth of authority, there are authorities over us, and they're stationed there by God. Financial truth, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. You can go, all truth, no matter what it is. Go to any college, whatever truth. (laughs) Sometimes these days you're having to pick out, you know, Okay, Uh, uh, but the truth that is there, any and all truth at the very core of it, you'll find Jesus. Secular truth, worldly, doesn't matter. Jesus is at the very core of it. So the first thing that Jesus brought out in this in verse 13, he said the spirit of truth is going to come. He's going to reveal things to you. And um, in verse 13, he said, and he's going going to guide you. He will be your guide. However, uh, he will guide you. However, when when he, the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth. I just want to pause on that all truth for a moment because it's easy to take and think, well, that just means that I'll understand the Bible. Well, it is that. Jesus spoke about that earlier. He'll give us understanding. But he said all truth. You have the capacity through the present anointing of the Holy Spirit to understand the things that you need to understand to be successful, uh, to avoid disaster, to to uh, raise a family, to be a good you know spouse, to be a good father, grandfather, to be a good business person. All truth. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you and show to you and lead you into areas of truth that you need in your life. And as that occurs, favor with God and man comes. So many things happen. But he will guide you. It means to lead the way. He's going to lead the way. A leader on the way. Think of it like this. Think of it like a conductor to the orchestra. The orchestra knows what's going on. They know because they read music. They know everything. Everybody knows their part. They're seated where they need to be seated. The conductor's there keeping them all moving in harmony. They know what's coming up. But yet they still follow the conductor. That's kind of what the Holy Spirit is doing with us right now. Um, You know, Jesus said in John 10, he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. How do I know them? Because I can tell they hear my voice and they follow me. One of the things about knowing that you're hearing the voice of of Jesus, the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Word of God, is that there's something that supernaturally clicks on within your life. And uh, you won't be perfect. Nobody's perfect and all that. But we follow him. Thank God he's a shepherd, right? And he's not the butcher. The shepherd goes and you fall in the ditch. He'll come and pull you out. The shepherd comes and you get all mad and all that. He'll take the clippers and clean you up. And I can go on and on with, the, with that analogy. That's what Jesus did. He'll guide you. My sheep heard my voice, and um, they'll guide me. The supernatural tip of the day is this. Stay close to the guide. There's, I, uh, I, I, I love uh, Africa. I love hunting and all of that kind of thing. And uh, uh, the Curls. Many of you know the Curl family. Well, I've, I've known the Curls for 40-plus years uh, from their dad and missionaries and all of that. But uh, the boys, uh, 
you know, a couple of them in particular, they are great hunters in Africa and uh, PHs, professional hunters, professional guides, and I love talking stories and all of that kind of thing with them. But this illustration about Jesus saying, he's going to guide you. Listen, Holy Spirit is the guide, and you need the guide to get you through where you're going. I don't care how together you think you are. I don't care how great a job your mom and daddy did raising you. You're going to still need a guide to get you through places you don't know why, because this world is a strange place. It's a wicked place. It's a place that, anyway. But these professional hunters in Africa, they, they always follow this format. And when I was, I, I read a book this last week. Yeah, you think that I just read spiritual books. Well, I read a, I read a great book by an author from the 20s, and he was talking about, it was a couple hundred pages about these professional guys in the early uh, 19th century guiding in the dark continent of Africa. And I said, oh God, if I could. <laughs> But there's some things when you're, when you're in the hunt and you've got a PH, when you've got a professional guide there. And I'm going to tell you, Holy Spirit is the professional guide for your life. You're in the dark, or at least the twilight most of the time. He sees brightness of day. So, a couple of things. Number one, they're in front. If you try to step out in front of your professional guide, he's going to say, uh, wait a second. I'm leading, you're following. So they're in front. Everybody else stays tucked in close behind. The trackers, the, the clients and all of that. Uh, and so you stay close tucked in and you follow. And sometimes it's, it's so daunting and dangerous, you literally follow one step at a time. Oh, sometimes the savannah opens up and you see, yeah, we're going from this tree to that thicket over there and we're going to make, but a lot of times, man, I mean, you're right down in. Stay close, stay close, tucked in behind the, the leader. They talk in whispers. Hey, is your gun loaded? <laughs> They talk in whispers. They carry big guns. I can just go on and on and on with this with this illustration. Uh, you know, they they know the guide knows the predators. Predators amazing, especially for these people that you know pay the big money from America. They go over and they enter into the savanna of Africa and they're going to hunt lions or whatever they're hunting. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, our predator is the neighbor's house cat. Or something like that. Or the raccoon that gets in the garbage can. Uh, well, over there, the predators are entirely different. And so you walk in, and you have no idea that what's behind that bush wants to eat you and will eat you. And uh, I was preaching this a number of years ago in Winston, Oregon. And there was a, we had a, there was the whole front of the church was full of young people at that time. And I happened to mention on YouTube about this lion that charged somebody that was hunting it. And while I'm talk, while I'm doing that, I mean, I know you're not doing that, but these teenagers, you know, were YouTubing, YouTubing it or whatever, and a couple of the girl goes, oh my goodness, and they're seeing this picture of this lion going like, I mean, it looked like he's shot out of a cannon, out of a bush, and just charging this guy, and, okay, if you're, if you're a green piece, just plug yours, and they dropped him, and he literally landed and slid right up to their feet. You need Holy Spirit because he knows the predators. And he knows their tactics. And he's going to safely guide you through. They send the tractors ahead. They test the wind. They call for you when it's your time to go. My question is, are you ready? Because there's no time for weakness or fearful hearts. When he says, your time, on, your time's on stage, you want to say, yes, Lord, here I am. The second point that Jesus talked about, so the Holy Spirit, he's going to guide you. Before I just go to that, some of you need some guidance now in your life. You do. You're facing something where you need guidance. Ask and you'll receive. He will guide you. I can think of one testimony to just answer in a job, and guidance. Amen? Wow. Second, he'll hear you. Verse 13, he said that Jesus said that he's going to show you, he's going to guide you, uh, for he'll not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, that is, not hear you, but he hears the Father, but whatever he hears, he'll speak. Uh, he shall hear. He has an audience. He has an audience with God. He has an audience with the throne. That's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He's, he's different than when Jesus was here in a, in a physical sense. And Jesus was transfigured on the mount. 
And Jesus had those times where heaven opened and spoke and they, they had dialogue. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father uh, do and all of that. But Holy Spirit, but yet he was still within the confines of a physical body. Holy Spirit is not like that. The Holy Spirit has a simultaneous, simultaneous audience with the throne and with you. He hears what they're talking about. He hears what they're saying about you. And it's good. Don't be afraid. It's good. He's a good God. Now, there might be times that you might need a little tune-up, but he's, he's a loving God. He's a loving Father. And uh, he hears. He has audience. It means to be to report. He understands. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Is that up there? Can you pull that up, Michael? Likewise, the Spirit. This is going to make sense. This is going to connect these two verses whenever um, uh, we, we read this about the Holy Spirit shall hear. Uh, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. He knows you have them. I don't care what facade of strength you have on. He knows the areas where, you need, where you're weak, where you need help. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Some of you, I know, you know what this, you've had this. Some of you, get ready, you're going to have this. It's here for all of us. Why? Because all of us have areas of our life we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to pray for. Himself, Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groaning. He who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Oh, thank God that Jesus' ministry now is making intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. You're being prayed for. Yeah, you had grandma pray for you. You had your husband, your wife, your whatever. But I'm going to tell you the one who's really praying for you is the intercessor of heaven, Jesus Christ. And uh, that then is released through the person of the Holy Spirit. And he comes and interacts. And sometimes he just begins to move upon you and you come into concert with heaven about prayer. He shall hear. He's going to hear what heaven is saying. And he's going to let you interact with that information for your life. And that comes up in the, in the realm of the prophetic. <clears throat> the third thing that Jesus said is that he, he shall speak. That is, he hears, but then he also will speak. He will guide you in all the truth. And he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Contrary to what maybe your own emotions, and absolutely contrary to what the lies of the devil will try to convince people, is that God doesn't talk anymore, that He's a silent God, that He doesn't, He's left the universe function on its own, and all of this kind of, no, God is intimately involved with your life and my life. And He's a very, He's a very vocal God. We have a whole book where, of things that He talked about, but then He provided this avenue that we can have discourse, that is through prayer, through intercession, through the Holy Spirit, uh, speaking to us. It, it literally means utters words. This focuses on the distinct sound. That is the Holy Spirit hears what is going on in heaven, and He knows the distinct words, the plans and purposes of God for your life. And Holy Spirit speaking is the avenue for our understanding. Isn't it amazing that you can take and in a room of just a few people, read the same verse, and there'll be numerous ways that the verse is illuminated? Isn't that great? I love it. Isn't it great that whenever you go through and you've read it, you say, man, I finally got the understanding of that John 3.16. But then two weeks later, you read John 3.16 again, and all of a sudden there's a whole other part of it that comes up. He's speaking to you. It's through the foolishness of preaching. And there is no more, and there is no one more aware of how foolish it is in preaching than in me. And many times I go home and I think, Lord, is this... This is what, <laughs> this is how I make my living? Is this what I do? And it's much more than that. But uh, sometimes it just, you know, and all preachers kind of feel that way at times. But yet, God has, he, he has this avenue where he speaks into our life. And so many avenues come. I never cease to be amazed that preach a word, use the same points, go out. And by the time I'm done talking to six different people, I realize there were six, six different points that people got out of the same message. Well, that's the Holy Spirit doing it. Because it's not just somebody, a person coming up with 
you know, a speech. Holy Spirit speaking is the avenue for understanding. Without Him speaking into your life, you'll never have the full the full understanding of what's going on in your life. So, um, my advice to you would be get get ears tuned in to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying through the, the reading the Word and prayer and and positioning yourself to hear from heaven. The language of heaven is somewhat different than the lang- than that which is the language of earth. Let me say that again. The language of heaven is somewhat different than that of earth. So a lot of times God will start speaking to us, and, it, and we're not we're not used to some of the ways that the Lord speaks, and and not that He's making it difficult or whatever. It's just that we're so accustomed to the way communications happen on earth, and communications that happen in the spirit are deep to deep, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. Don't be put off by the subtle strangeness of supernatural vocabulary and miss the message. So you have this prophet Elijah, and he's doing battle with the forces of of. Um, Ahab and Jezebel and all the things were going on in the prophets of Baal. And finally he prevailed and had uh, uh, amazing miraculous encounters. But then he ran into some difficulty, some opposition. The queen said, I'm going to kill you. Before you, you killed the prophets of Baal the same way you did to them, I'm going to do to you. And man, he ran. And here's the man of God who had been hearing from heaven. He had the mantle. He had all these encounters with God. And now he's in a cave way up on the mountain. And the mountain being blown apart by fires and winds and earthquake. And he wraps himself in this mantle, goes to the cave of the, the opening of the cave on the mountain. He's standing there and things are happening all around him. And yet, in the middle of that, none of all the stuff around him was God speaking to him through until at one point there was a still small voice and he said, that, that's God speaking. There are times in your life when the mountains are shaking, when all uh, Hades is breaking loose, when it seems like if anything else goes wrong, I'm not going to be able to take it right in the middle of that. Don't be put off by the strange communication of heaven. There'll be a still small voice that'll peter through and lodge right in the middle of your understanding and your brain. It'll be God saying, I'm with you. Don't worry. And he'll communicate his, his love for you, his message, his answer for you. Don't be put off by the subtle strangeness of supernatural vocabulary and miss the message. When I got saved, it was in the middle of Jesus people movement and, um, uh, it was, it was Pentecost full on. Within a year or so, I'm preaching and, oh Lord. But, um, my family came out of Wesleyan Methodist and, Wesleyan Methodist started in the fires of revival, but by the time it got to my family, it, that those fires had long burned out. <laughs> and I remember my grandparents came out from Pennsylvania, and I happened to be preaching a youth rally in Spokane, Washington, and somebody let them know. And they said, Gary, we want to come here. And I thought, please don't. Lord, what have you done to me? <laughs> uh, it, we were doing inner city youth rallies back in that day, and we were joined up with a, a group of black churches, and then some Pentecostal white churches, some Hispanic churches, and once a month or so we would have these youth rallies, and that just happened to be that month I was speaking. So we were all together, were, you know, it was a good group of folks, and we were at a church kind of in downtown Spokane, and my grandparents walked into the middle of that. And all my religious religiosity just uh, uh, just unfolded before me because right about three songs in, the sisters started dancing and tamar and spinning and and, uh, and I knew what I was preaching. I knew what the crowd, you know, how to preach there. And so I got up and gave it my best shot. And I wouldn't even look at my grandparents sitting out there. The amazing love of family is this. After it was all done, they came up, patted me on the shoulder, and said, "That was a great message." And I knew they were lying through their teeth. <laughs> Don't be put off by the strangest of the supernatural sometimes. The last one, I'm going to wrap up with this. The fourth one, Holy Spirit will show you things. 
means to announce, to declare, verse 13, 14, 15. And all three of those verses, he said he's going to show you, he's going to reveal things. He's going to show you things. He's going to show you things to come. Jesus refers to this action of the Spirit operating in the life of those who follow him. Verse 13, he will tell you things to come. Jesus used the revealing in advance often. Jesus used it. Just if you've been reading through John, you'll find, you'll know that just before this, he, something like that happened. He, he said, he said, I'm going away. Where I'm going, you can't come. They didn't understand. But he said, oh, there's going to come a time when you understand. He talked about that with his, with his uh, resurrection and burial. See, this temple, talking in the temple, he said it's going to be torn down and three days later it'll be built up. And they were like, oh, this took hundreds of years. And, and you say in three days, he was talking about himself. Jesus speaks in things where he reveals in advance so that when it happens, you might not understand it at the moment. That's what the prophetic does. You might not understand it all in the moment, but there's going to come a time when, whenever it, it clicks and it happens, and then you're going to say, oh, that's what he was speaking into my life. And sometimes that takes decades. But it was a way of communicating that Jesus used often. And so when, when, when that which was revealed beforehand occurs, confirmation via prophetic information will be released. And the, and the byproduct of it was peace and boldness to the disciples. We're living in a day that has been different than any other day that, that's, I, since I've been alive. Um, I mean, you thought the 70s were politically charged and all of that kind of thing. I mean, there is political overheating going on in our country and in our world and, and, and just so many things are chaotic and wars and rumors of wars and all that. And it's just exactly what Jesus said it, it would look like towards the end. And yet in the middle of that, it's easy to be overwhelmed, but in the middle of that, he's going to speak things into your life. He's done it with us. He'll do it with you. Let's stand up. He'll do it with you. That, uh, don't be afraid. I've got it. I, don't, don't worry. Don't be afraid. I've got the perfect job just waiting for you. Ha ha. Some of you single people, I've got the perfect spouse just waiting for you. Don't, don't be worried. It's going to be okay. Well, don't worry. I, I, I've got the perfect way I'm going to handle that, that circumstance, that situation that's got you so turmoiled. And, and uh, I'm going to speak. I go on the rest of the day talking about those prophetic ways that God has revealed things to me in the past where I didn't understand at the moment. He spoke something that seemed strange to me, but then a couple weeks or a couple months or a couple years later, I understood that's what he was talking about. That's what we need in the church today. That's what we need in the house of the Lord today. If you're needing, if you're needing some type of interaction with Holy Spirit in that way, I want you to lift your hand and just say, that's me, God. I need to hear something for my life. If you're desiring an encounter with the Holy Spirit that will show you things to come because you don't know what's coming and you're maybe fearful of what you think is coming, just lift your hand and say, God, that's me. I, I need to have an encounter and a word from you so that I know that you're with me. Maybe you've got a decision that you're trying to grapple with. Which way is it going to be? What should my decision be? What should my answer be? Uh, as a believer, you need to take that before God and say, Holy Spirit, show me the right way I need to go in this. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just keep the hands up. I'm going to pray in a moment, and then we're going to dismiss. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you have given us free access. As a matter of fact, you said we are to boldly come to the throne of grace, and so we come today. Lord, I pray for every hand that is up. They're needing an interaction with the Holy Spirit in revelation and revealing and showing things and imparting truth and giving understanding and letting them know you're with them, that you haven't forsaken them, that God, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Lord, do that supernatural operation right now, and the peace of God that passes understanding will settle upon their hearts and their minds. Mm, thank you, Jesus. I just have a sense there's somebody that's you're in the process of being diagnosed with something. And I don't, I, I, I'm not speaking out of any uh, type of insight because I don't know of anything going on in, in that uh, realm. But just have, a, just have a sense in my mind and in my heart that there's somebody that's, uh, you're going to be getting a diagnosis of something in the not too near uh, distant future. And that the Spirit of God wants to speak to you right now that uh, even though at first it might be fearful, He's letting you know, fear not. Because by the time it gets the whole way through, you're going to see that, that, uh, I've got you in this, and I'm going to bring you through this, and it's not going to be uh, like what the doctors say it's going to be. 
And I don't know that anybody has any circumstances like that, but I have a sense somebody in this room and the not too far is going to be in that situation. And whenever that all plays out, this moment is going to come back to you and you're going to realize the Spirit of God spoke to me. And so as that unfolds, uh, stand firm in your faith and in your calling of God. Fear not. Jesus said it over and over again. Fear not. It's me. I'm here. I'm with you. So, Lord, I release that word into the lives of people in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. I pray, Lord, go with us now. And I pray that they would be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And the blessing and the favor of God would open doors for us that no man can shut. That, Lord, you'll shut the doors that need to be shut, that shouldn't be opened. And that, God, we're going to be guided and directed by our Father, which is in heaven. Lord, we're here to extend the kingdom and and, uh, bring the light and salt into a dark and decayed world. Anoint us for it. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of the day and rest of the week. We'll see you Wednesday night.